Welcome to Gig Stories with Music People. I am your host, Evan Michael. Thank you so much for joining me today. My special guest, Jonas Streffer from Germany. Germany born, lives in LA now. One of my great friends out here. Played with him a number of times. Uh, most recently, we performed in China together at the end of 2019 with amazing composer Giovanni Marotti, music director Mike Winchester, uh, just amazing, amazing people and musicians. Tour got cut short, but hopefully we'll be back out there. We talk about that a little bit. Jonas is just a, an amazing drummer, amazing person, one of my great friends, and uh, just really excited to talk to him and uh, really loved our chat. We, we got into a bunch of different different topics and uh, really excited to share this with you. You can learn more about Jonas, his website, jojodrums.com, J-O-J-O-Drums.com, Instagram, Jonas Streffer. Jonas has performed all around the world. He teaches. You can get him on your track. He's got a new recording studio set up, Hound Sound Recorders. Just a great guy, great musician. Not so great at Mario Kart, but that's okay. We still love him. Also, if you know anyone who might be interested in what we're talking about here, please help out and spread the love. As always, if you want to check out what I've got going on, thespacement.com, evanonthebase.com, or Instagram, at evanonthebase, at the underscore spacement. Can't forget, at gig stories with music people on Instagram as well. Let's get to it. Enjoy. What's up, man? It's good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> it's uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been. How are, yeah, How have you been? Pretty good. Staying busy, actually. Um, I mean, you asked me, I think, like three three weeks ago to do this. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but we're finally here. It's good yeah. that you're busy, man. It's I mean, especially in the music industry right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any working musician that. It's busy, I think, is 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 doing something right. That's true. Right? I mean, so yeah. so what are your kind of projects right now? So, um, well, I'm kind of doing the same things that I've been doing before the pandemic started, just to like different um, like different amounts, you know? It's like I, yeah. I've been teaching before and I've done some audio video posts before, um, but always just a little bit. And then I was playing a lot just live. And right. that, you know, has been reduced to, you know, <laughs> like almost nothing. You right. know, I did have a gig this year, but that was, you know, one. That was it. Uh, what, so what now gig I, was that? Hmm? What gig was that? It was in Pala Casino. Uh, that's like, I don't know, like out um, east in a big okay. event center. Okay. In front of a lot of people. It was kind of weird, but, you know, we were up on stage. I'm the drummer, so I'm far away anyways. Um and it was it was it was okay yeah it was it was great um so yeah i started teaching much more and i'm happy to be teaching at a music school in pasadena that's um offering in-person lessons so right. um i'm teaching way way more and doing way more post and like audio and video posts because there's just like a bigger need for content and i'm recording much more i've you know, I've always done recordings here and there, um, but never like a lot. But then 
last year that really picked up. Like so many people hit me up and were just like, you know, I always wanted to make this record, never really had time. And like now's the time and I'd love for you to play drums on it. I'm like, cool. So luckily, knock on wood, um, it's it's been really good recording wise. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I was thinking uh, before we talked, I, I don't really know that much about your time in Germany. Obviously, you're a German drummer mm-hmm. who's now kind of an American drummer, but <laughs> I th- you'll always be a German drummer. And yeah. I, something I was thinking about is just like, could you tell a little bit about um, just your time gigging in Germany and like kind of the difference, if you notice any differences between like working there, the, the, the industry there as a musician and, or maybe the audience, like audiences, uh, fans and stuff like that. If there's any difference, uh, that you noticed. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, the first part was just like how, how it kind of got started in Germany. Right. Or what was it? What take you can take you can take it okay. with whatever direction you want. I'm just trying to give you a <laughs> well. I think um, launching point. Um, let me talk about the audience. The audience, I I like so much better here. Really? Yeah. Oh, here. Oh, okay. Like so much better, especially for like the music that I guess I'm playing. Um, it, you, you have less of the of the musicians police you have a lot of musicians police you know a lot of the people standing like in the back of the room arms crossed you have you have them here as well right but not yeah. as much here you have more people that are just like hell yeah there's a band playing let's rock out <laughs> you know um and in germany you have way more people they're just saying like mm, okay well I don't know. I could do that better, and like I don't uh, that that lick wasn't 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 clean. That's kind of you know. I think the guitar might no. They're not a no, no. you know. Just like standing yeah. there, just you know, it's super annoying. So so it's like everybody <laughs> everybody over there went to music school. Exactly, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, but they everybody acts like they went to music school exactly. in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know maybe that has changed. I mean, man, I haven't gigged in Germany in 10 years. Well, there was one gig when I came back. Um, and yeah, so uh, one thing I did right before I moved here was playing in this 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 cover band that would play these bigger, nicer like galas and events. And you would yeah. always play like six or seven hours. Um, it was nuts. And always um, with backing tracks, there's always a click. Um, and next to you, the, the, that was right before iPads, iPads came came up as, you know, for, for chart reading. Right. Um, just like this big folder of this, you know, on this like, table with like a thousand, oops, a thousand songs. <laughs> um, and they would just put yeah. a number up, you know, and then you would like, pick pick the number, put it oh, up. Oh, man. You hear the click and then play six or seven hours. It was Oof. nuts. That was like the main, the main gigging that I did. I had one um, rock band. Uh, which I really, really miss. Those were that—that that was a great band, and we played fun shows, but more like not that many actually. Um, and before that, it was just a bunch of like, um, like like little bands. You know, we just played little bar gigs here and there. That's okay. you know, I was I was 22 when I moved here, so I didn't like get too much of like the industry over there. You know, I gigged a bunch in the last two years before I moved here, and like 
you know, made some money doing that, but not really. I never really, I guess, like became part of like that scene or the industry there, I guess. Okay. And what what uh, was kind of the big reason to come over here? Or, or was that like something you'd thought about for a long time? Uh, yeah, in fact. Um, so when I was 11, I think, I um, started taking lessons um, from a like very well-known German drummer. His name is Dirk Brandt. And he went to, um, well, Lama, the college where we met, yeah. LA Music Academy, um, which is now, now LA College of Music. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, well, I should say, he went to PIT, percussion, like, so what, what's oh. now MI? Because right. as, you, as you know, you know, the people who kind of started that, Joe Porcaro, Ralph Humphrey, they later on, you know, did LA Music Academy. So yeah. he was always like... Um, you know, if you want to do it right, you know, go there. Like that's where, where it's happening. That's where you have, you know, those, those teaching grades, you know. Um, and that's where most music sort of is from, right? Like not in its origins, but if you want to, you know, learn how to play jazz, if you want to, you know, learn how to play like rock and roll, you know, um, rock music and all that, like you got to go to LA. Um, and he told me that when I was like 12, he was like, hey, you, you can play. Do, did you ever think about doing that for a living? And I was just like, you know, 12 years old. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then he, he basically wow. just said like, yeah. So, you know, he had this little flyer for Lama. Like, you got to go there, you know, teach, teach, uh, go and take lessons with uh, Joe Porcaro. Um, and back then, and you like, did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, at that time, I didn't really know who, you know, Joe Porcaro was. Um, but... Yeah, from there on, I just always said like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go to uh, Los Angeles after high school, whenever that will be. And it took some time. I did an extra year in high school, and even after, I, I um, stayed there for a while. And turns out that you know, moving to LA when you're 22 is actually was actually a smart choice because I completely forgot that like drinking age is 21. You can't go to bars when you're 21. So. Yeah. I had so many fellow musicians, uh, like uh, at, at college students, uh, that that were under twenty one, and we couldn't go, you know, check out some drummer or whatever. Um, right. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that I waited a little bit. Um, but yeah, I always there was never. Um, I <laughs> I did apply to a different music college that was kind of like hip and up and coming, and I I. That was the worst um, audition I've ever. I I did such a bad job, and I think it was this, con like I think I did it because I wanted to see where it would go, um, and like maybe this like just in case, and maybe I got cold feet because, you know, moving to LA, it, it's expensive and it's a big step, uh, so maybe it was kind of like that. But then I just stopped. Like, yeah. I did that audition and I actually didn't get in, <laughs> which was so funny. Oh, wow. They told me I had bad timing, but like what? everything went wrong. Like my, wow. my playback for, I had to play a, like a, a song, uh, the playback went out, which is, um, which has happened to me a lot of times before in situations where it mattered, not gigs, yeah. but like contests or auditions or something like that. Um, and yeah, it was just really bad. And I think it was one of these things where subconsciously, like, I did a bad job because if I would have gotten accepted, I probably would have went there. Because one of my best friends at wow. the time, Roland, he went there to study guitar and vocals. And uh, we had a really good 
connection musically and it would have been fun to to move there you know and i knew a lot of people who went there at the time and it's, it's a great school so where I was th- that uh osnabrück um Oh, in, that old place that I know that I've heard of. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's called just it's it's just Institute for Music. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, great teachers. A lot of good um, drummers that are like happening right now in Germany studied there. It's a good school, but I think if I would have gotten accepted there, I would have not gone to LA, and I would have regretted that re- regretted that for my life. I think is my whole life I wanted to do that. So, well, it yeah. was meant to be, man. Yeah, I think so. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> The way it is, Me the too. way it had. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned, you know, something going wrong during the audition. It and it just made me think, like, yeah, like how, especially as a, as a drummer, a lot of times working with click with with playback tracks. Uh, I mean, it really applies to to any musician. I mean, a lot of us now we're on in ears and mm-hmm. and and playing to tracks and different things and. Occasionally, you do hear those stories, or you experience them, where something goes wrong, and it's amazing, like how close you are to complete catastrophe. Yes, in in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't help just think of. Uh, I'm gonna jump way ahead now. Like when we were we were doing the rehearsal in China, and uh, uh, we we're doing like the 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 whatever the dress rehearsal the dry run the night before yeah. which was our first time on stage and i i couldn't really hear much of anything and i i took i had i think i had one ear in just so i could hear your live drums yeah and we were just we were just going through it just to try to because we didn't want it was like uh you know giovanni the the pianist was doing his sound first so like my ears were totally messed up. I couldn't really mm-hmm. hear anything. Yeah. And then we were like trying to play along with him. And I remember the the music director kind of like giving me some crap for like not yeah. being in time and stuff. And I'm like, I, I can't, I'm like just trying to give him sound. I can't hear anything. I'm, you know, yeah, so it's it was like pretty much a silent stage. I think, yeah. I think Giovanni had maybe a monitor, right. But everything else was pretty much just silent except yeah. the live drums. Right, and the ears, like, there was something in the ears, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like myself and you, and like, and I just remember, be, like, he he kind of gave me a little crap, and I was yeah. like, and it was kind of messed up because that was really his first time hearing me play. Right. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, he knows that I can play and something's going on. Yeah. Like this was his first time hearing me play, and he's like, man, you got to get more in the pocket, and I'm like. <laughs> right. I, and uh, and maybe a little bit of backstory for the people. So it was this this gig that we did in China and uh long to, to make it short, we did one rehearsal here in Hollywood. Um right. that was like a really quiet playthrough. It wasn't like a full-on yeah. production rehearsal or any of that. It was just like are we on the same page for the for the you know songs and you know the artist basically telling me like I want these grooves there and those grooves there and then we got lunch and that was it and <laughs> a couple of weeks later we flew to China right. and um, the music director that that was the, yeah like Evan said that was the first time um, that he heard us like really play together and it was the first right. time for us actually playing the song like actually yeah. full on playing the songs <laughs> with backing tracks with everything um, yeah. So, so it was like, it's, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle. 
there's so many times in that in my career yeah. where I feels like I'm 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 fighting an uphill battle like from the start and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and part of you know part of being professional is like just doing the the best you can yeah. and trying to not make it obvious that you're you're struggling. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just made me think of that, and and I'm I'm curious if you have any other kind of interesting stories like that of like tracks going out or like oh oh yeah I'm sure there's a, I, there's probably a ton. I like I don't want to say that I hate. <clears throat> um, uh, I I don't I don't mind using live tracks like as a as a you know as the band or whatever. I don't I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, what I kind I kind of hate being the one taking care of that and right like i got the which hang you of often it now are. Be- hmm? which you often are as the drummer right yeah yeah, yeah most of the time I, I would say i yeah. haven't had a gig where we played with backing tracks where i was not the one to right. take care of it <laughs> and i feel like unfortunately that just became part of the job if you're a drummer and if you're a drummer in la you better own a decent macbook with ableton and an right it's unfortunately just part of your equipment now yeah um same with a sampling pad. Even though I did sell my sampling pad last year, I just like I, I'm not gonna use this. <laughs> um, but um, so you you gotta get um, good at that. Um, and l- luckily, I uh, you know our uh, fellow friend and drummer Till Richter is really good at Ableton and stuff. So he uh, set up a few sessions for me and helped me. And I I took a few Ableton lessons from him so if everybody if anybody needs some help hit him up he's great <laughs> at that. <laughs> um because I um I, I love you know recording and all that kind of stuff and I I know logic and pro tools and whatnot but Ableton is still like a new thing anyway so it's nowadays like as a lot of brain power um you know during rehearsals and live shows goes into running tracks which uh, you know um, was definitely a learning learning process, you know, and especially if you're not crazy into it, it's 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 kind of rough. Um, so, talking about fighting an uphill battle, you know, there's yeah. been um, like auditions or rehearsals or whatnot, where someone will be like, you know, commenting maybe on my playing or even background singing, and I'm just like, honestly, dude, like I'm just trying to figure out your Ableton rig here right now. So um, now you do have to like invest extra time and extra yeah just energy of, of you know getting that getting that you know up and um getting good at it too and making that flawless right um that's a great and lesson for any uh aspiring <laughs> working drummers out there <laughs> yep yeah absolutely um get good at that get your you know learn your way around it because if you're in a rehearsal and you need to make quick changes or whatever nobody like you just you you better know exactly what to do, you know. And Ableton is most of the time the the program for it. Um, <laughs> and so like in, when when we were in China um, during the show that we we played, you probably remember we played, there was one number that started with the, with a Beethoven ba 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 right yeah, and that came just from the tracks. I mean, he I think he played piano over it, but basically it, that was just tracks. Yeah. And Ableton sometimes does this weird thing. I don't know if I, if it's my fault or not. I asked a few people and they couldn't tell me where if I, I program a, a hotkey that goes to the next marker, to the next track, without starting it, it just goes there. So I just had, have to hit space and it fires it off. And um, I hit that, that marker and 
that time only, you know, I hit next and it starts. So, you know, Giovanni was talking and I hit, you know, the, the hotkey and it's just, bah, 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 it's just blasting, you know, out of nowhere. And it, for me in that <laughs> moment, I'm just, I just want to like, you know, throw my computer. Like, right. because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm the drummer here. Like, whatever that was, you know, I, I hate it. Um, but yeah, that, that happens. And ultimately it's, it's a learning process even though I still haven't figured it out. But man, I played, um, when I was 17, I um, did this, that's when it all started. I think my, my love-hate with, with backing tracks. I, I was one of the contestants or finalists for this um, contest hosted by Mapex called Drummer of Tomorrow. And um, at that time, I was, I, was, I was just, you know, so into it. I was... Like, oh, this is going to be it. You know, I'm one of the best drummers. You know, I'm probably the best drummers. I was like just so full of myself. <laughs> and so we went to Frankfurt and um, this, you know, was the finals. We had to apply or like audition with like a videotape and, and whatnot. And um, it was me and 11 other drummers. And I feel like they were all better than me. Okay. <laughs> so like I got my ass handed to me that night. Um but it was great. It was I mean it was awesome. But I so I was just like so full of hope, you know, I'm just going to make this and this is going to be my breakthrough. I'm going to be like literally, you know, the drummer of tomorrow and I and I play and this is this is on YouTube if you search for Jonas Treffer drummer of tomorrow and it's it's a solo piece. Okay. Um and I just played this 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 play along basically because luckily I wasn't in the solo category I was in the groove category they split the drummers up the ones that wanted to just noodle and show off and the people who wanted to play groove so I played this like cool groovy like play along and back then I I brought my mini disc player remember okay. mini disc because oh, it yeah. sounds better right I didn't want to have like one of the bad MP3 players because that was 2007 right so the MP3 players weren't so good. Right. Opening a CD or whatever, because you know. So I brought my mini disc player. Wow! And I put it on the drum riser, and like the 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 vibrations just like ate up all the all the buffer. So the track started jumping. Oh God! You know, in that moment, that just meant everything to me. It's just started like I was like, oh God. Um, but that whole thing was still so weird. I you know when I played with the band, my snare drum mic fell off. It was a bunch of bunch of things. Um. So that's that's when this like these backing track debacles uh, started. I I feel like so yeah. I didn't win. I said some stupid shit afterwards. I think when the <laughs> when the host you know wanted me to say something to the audience uh, didn't make it. But I still stayed in contact. I still uh, you know snug an endorsement deal out of it for you know the years to follow. So I was still cool. But there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was a good experience either way. I mean. I'm Even so, if it was a bad experience, it's. I'm sure it was good experience yeah. for your I, play. I, I mean, you're yeah. still playing. <laughs> I needed it. I personally needed it because that yeah. brought me down to earth and showed me how many other great drummers were out there. Um, the guy who won was like 13 at the time. Oh wow! In my in my category, um, and but it's uh, one thing that was also cool that a lot of people who did not win that night, um, actually later on. Like they like a few of them are in LA, a few of them went to MI and Lama. Like I, we crossed paths a bunch of times actually, and a lot of them huh. that won, they're not really like I don't really hear from them at all. Actually, that's an interesting anecdote. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, I think 
I wonder if if there's universal like truth to that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like winning something doesn't necessarily make you hungrier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I've gone through things like that in my life too, where it's like, oh, I thought I was gonna, I I thought I should, I, I thought going in that I should have won that or something, mm -hmm. or and I don't know if it would have helped me. Yeah. Even though. So I don't know that maybe that might just be like an interesting thing to yeah. <laughs> to ponder. Yeah, um, I think more 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 than often it's it's like that. It's you know I mean sometimes or like let me say like like, like that either it's meant to be like you know when I just completely like um, <laughs> butchered that that one audition for the one music college. Yeah, um, I think it was just one of the things. It, like it wasn't meant to be for me. Like I was not right. supposed to go there. And or it's or it's the other way where you know you think you're gonna get something you're, you're gonna get an audition or you win a contest or whatever and then you just don't, and then, um, hopefully you have the right attitude and you're just like okay why like why was that you know and then hopefully it's a learning, um, lesson for you. I mean sometimes you know there's other like you know, reasons that come into play why you didn't you know why something didn't work out and sometimes right. it's just like, not a good reason for it you know or it just like bad luck but well and you can kind of yeah. i think you can with any kind of failure or any kind of setback it, whether there's a reason for it initially or not like you can kind of make a reason for it yeah <laughs> by using it for yeah. something positive i mean easier said than done for sure oh absolutely um but i think once when you look back at thing a lot of the things that were so just I mean, music and personal life, a lot of the toughest things in my life, at least, and, and, and looking at a lot of friends and stuff like that, uh, those were kind of impetus for something great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Now I'm kind of getting into weird stuff. But uh, yeah, I think, I, and, and, and another thing like you were saying that I thought of is like, there's always going to be better players. Like yeah. there's always, uh -huh. there's always, that's something that I think I had to, the, the first time I, I saw Victor Wooten play, <laughs> uh, I was in college and I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't know who he was. I was, I was, I, I had played for a while, but like I was still pretty casual player and I was studying, I was actually studying psychology in, in school and, uh, my friend knew I liked music and was like, Hey, you want to go to the show? But I'd, I had never heard of him, and I saw him play with uh, Bela Fleck uh, in the Fleck Tones, which were amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I, my jaw was like dropped, like the entire show, just watching Victor Wooten. Like yeah. I didn't know that 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 a bass could be played that way. Yeah, yeah. I was so floored, and I think for at least that night and maybe a day or two. I kind of didn't want to pick up the bass again because mm -hmm, <laughs> I mm -hmm. was just like, I will never be able to do even close to that. And, but it, it ended up turning into more of a, of an inspiring thing after I kind of let it yeah. sit where, yeah. but part I think that was the first time where I had to sit with the fact bass wise, where it really kind of hit me over the head. That's like, I'm not going to be the best player. Like that's not even possible for my body. <laughs> right, right. For like that shouldn't be what I'm aspiring to be. Uh as far as just like 
the 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 craziest chops and all that like so i think that was a good start for me like just uh mindset yeah uh, w- to to not to not f- feel like i have to be mm-hmm. the the most amazing chop player but that i still have a lot to offer as a musician and a bass player and that th- you don't have like i uh I make a lot of sports. I, I do a lot of like sports references and think of, and there's like, think of how many professional athletes there are that aren't LeBron James, that aren't Michael Jordan, um, but they have amazing careers. They're great role players. There may be great talents, but they're just not the best. Right. And, and, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, like I never, I never had this like, um, and I, and I just listened to another podcast, um, weirdly where they talked exactly about that, how you like see like this really killer band, you know, the super group or whatever. And afterwards, instead of being inspired, you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw my sticks or my bass and like, okay, that's it. Like I'm done. Right. Like I'm, and I feel like, um, you need to realize that it's not about like being as good as them or being the best. It's just, you know, because... I, for one, am, I'm glad you don't play like Victor Wooten because I love the way you play, for example, right? Uh, you. If you were to, like, if you would play like Victor, then you wouldn't play the way you play. And yeah. I wouldn't like that, you know? It's, and there's already a Victor Wooten out there, so it's it's good that you don't play like him. And I think that's really important <laughs> right, for that. everyone. Just like, <laughs> yeah, just don't care if you're playing as good as someone else or because that's also just in your mind. You know, that's just right. in your mind. Like you set that bar, you know, of where, you know, a certain like drummer or bass player is, you know, that's just like your own limitation. Someone else will, you know, maybe compare the two of you completely different because they have different um, priorities or whatever. Right. Um, right. And so I think, yeah. Yeah. Kind of find what, find what you're good at, at what your thing is. And and of course, try to get better at, at, at everything that you think you're playing needs to improve. But if you if you feel like you're a certain type of player, like you have this to offer, like that's okay. Like yeah. that's cool. You yeah. can be the guy. Like I'm not a slapper. Like I can right. I can, I can kind of fake it. Like, right. Yeah. A lot of people say that. Yeah. I can kind of fake it here and there. But like, and I and I studied it a little bit in school, of course. But. Um, it just wasn't, there's certain things like that, like tapping and slapping. Like, I'm just like, yeah, that's just not my thing. Like, I'm not interested enough to spend the amount of time on it that I would need to, to be at the pro level at it. Yeah. So it's like, if if you want a slapper, we'll call, you know, our friend who we know who slaps and yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, mi- a million other guys. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's okay to to find the things that you're interested in and kind of lean into those, those things. And this actually applies to your career too. I think Mm -hmm. like it's so hard not to, um, compare yourself to, to other people's careers. Yeah. Um, especially when you went to school with them or your friends with them, they're your peers around the same age. A lot of times guys that are younger than you that are getting better gigs or something like that. Uh, it's really hard not to compare, but yeah, it's like everybody's got their own journey 
both yeah. with life and, and especially with your music career. And it's yeah. like, there might be a reason for it, just as there was a reason for like, 100%. not getting that one audition. Yeah. Like, you just never know. Yeah. Um, I think, one, one, yeah. And one thing I want, wanted to say to something you said um, yeah. just like a minute ago, I think, and we're, we're still making music, you know, and we're still like, we're playing together and whatnot. So it's all so subjective. Like, you know, I I played with um, bass players. You know, I mean, the the connection that you know, uh, you know, we drummers and you bass player like we have is just something something unique. Yeah. And something that gets me always like the most psyched if I if I get to play with someone that I like playing. It's Same. it's something else. The moment you lock in, ugh, incredible. Yes. That's so good. And um, I play with people who like on paper like should have just been like amazing, and I couldn't really lock lock in with them. And then there's totally. others. And um, it just it just works, right? And yeah. I would like I would always prefer them, whether or not they think they're not the best. Like I would always prefer, you know, them, even though the other guy might like play faster notes or I don't know, you know, sure. Because it's still about making music and making you know this magic happen and whatnot. And like, so I think in that moment, um, who cares if you think you're the best or not? Because it's it's all about you know that that energy. Um, Although yeah. I will say confidence is a huge confidence part of it. is a huge part of it. <laughs> so huge whether it. yeah whether you think you're the best or not is not necessarily important. But uh, being confident, I mean, and I, I teach as well, you know, here and there, and uh, that's one thing that's really hard to teach, but it's it's so important uh is just playing with confidence like it 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 comes through and you know i don't know everybody listening might already be doing that but it's it's a it's something that i i i guess i i try to remind myself occasionally i feel like it i don't have to remind myself when i'm when i'm playing a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> uh and gigging a lot but now, this is this has been such a crazy time because I mean I haven't gigged because you know yeah. we're in quarantine and stuff like that, uh, and I've I've been playing pretty much every day, uh, so I still have confidence. But not having gigged, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when they do start coming back, and that's going to be something that I'm going to kind of have to reconnect with. Mm -hmm. Is just that that feeling of like, I got this. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. And for me, I mean, preparation is, is the key there. It's just like, if I'm, yeah. if I'm at a point where I feel like I know the songs, like I'm going to be, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but so I, I, I was curious, just jumping back a, a, a minute, you were talking about how important it was, uh, you know, as a drummer nowadays to know Ableton and, and sampling and or tracks and everything is there a good way to get better at that stuff if you don't have any experience with it or is it just like like you said find somebody who knows to, to show you um certainly and I, that's probably also just a lot of um like videos out there you know or hit someone up that that does it a lot and just be like okay like look what what do i really need what's like the basic setup right you know just so you know what's coming you know like you know, just knowing what kind of interface is good and, and what, um, as far as the channels go. 
and you know how to route audio you know how do you make that work that you can get get a mono or stereo or even like four channels out to front of house and then hear all of that yourself but with a click you know like that that right. you know um how do you make that happen and um and i think the rest is really just um kind experience. of just experience a little because the more you mess up and the more you know something goes wrong the more like opportunities you have to learn certain things you know yeah. like how do you set like a stop marker so like in ableton once the track is over it stops automatically you know um that things, yeah. that you do the moment you forgot forget to hit the space bar after a song on a live show and the next song starts, right? <laughs> right. The moment that happens, you learn that. <laughs> Which always looks great, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, takes you know... The, takes the magic away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the more you do it, the more, you know, um, it becomes just, like, second nature and part of your job. Yeah. You know? I'm curious, uh, we've talked about a lot about... And, and you think it's human nature to kind of, like, be interested in a lot of the negative and, like bad experiences and stuff uh, i think it's great to hear <laughs> i'm always so happy when i hear others tell stories of you know where something went south like right. i think it's so good to hear for everybody because sometimes yeah. we think like you know uh, other people are just invincible you know or like yeah. you know for some people nothing ever went wrong right well, that's and that's kind of the whole initial idea of 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 this podcast is just like I just <laughs> want to hear all the train wreck stories from my musician friends and stuff. <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs> but so, I'll, I'll give you the choice though. You can either do one of those, or if you want to turn it positive, okay, and and talk about like maybe do one of each, but like something that's just like the best gig experience you've ever had might be kind of like a nice interesting insight into Jonas's world as well. Okay. So you want to hear the best <laughs> gig or the... I'm going to give you the choice if you want to turn it either way. Is that too much option? Should I just... <laughs> I'm learning as I go here. Right, right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm cool, you know, to either, like, either really. I mean, I had a lot of good gigs, I got to say. Let's start with the good one. The good ones? Let's start with one just like where everything went right or like you were treated really well and then I want to hear a bad one. Yeah. And <laughs> I I'm I'm the one I'm going to pick is from a long time ago actually. So it's not okay. like the biggest one in my career. It's not like necessarily where I was treated the you know whether sure. whether spread in the green room was the best or right. you know the most people or where I just felt the best. But it's still to this day one of these gigs where I was just like this is so cool. And I think I was 18 or 19. And um, I got to play with, I would say, the biggest German children's songwriter. His name is Rolf Zukowski. Rolf Zukowski. And I, when <laughs> I was, uh, you know, young, like, that's all the music I listened to. Like, I love his song. Like, it, you know, really, really, he wrote such wonderful songs. He still does. And everyone knows him. Um, and he came to our town and, um, uh, someone who directed the choir there like, knew him and I think they had a connection. So he did a concert there and then she was like, well, Jonas, you're like a good drummer. Do you want to put the backing band together? I'm like, what? For real? <laughs> I, like, doesn't he have one? <laughs> and so, um, it was in front of our castle 
open air with him and like 200 choir children playing Castle, like my childhood cool. <laughs> songs and that was just like wow. hell yeah you know i mean i didn't get paid anything right like or yeah. you know that that all it wasn't even that at that point like already had like a career or whatever but that's still that was just so cool and i still remember that whole gig like vividly it was awesome it was great you okay know? that sounds great yeah i mean anytime you're playing in the vicinity of a castle <laughs> right yeah say that's you're you're doing yeah. pretty well there yeah and every and I, I mean obviously like there were certain gigs where i was just like like more in, in more recent memory where like oh, wow this is awesome you know you get yeah. to play it's tricky with you know uh run dmc well that's you know memorable like you won't forget wow. that right or like yeah. some other things like definitely and there were a lot of gigs with with like the fox capacitors that 80s band that i'm i'm playing yeah in, like we played very very cool shows like ab absolutely um for sure but like that that one from i don't know 12 years ago whenever that was like that's still on my mind yeah that's awesome i i it just made me think of being near castle like I, like the coolest thing i ever was like my backdrop from looking out of stage uh i was playing in uh this festival in jackson hole uh wyoming with uh, salt pedal Mm -hmm. It's like, and, uh, we were like at the base of a mountain. And so I'm looking like we on stage had a, had an amazing view of the mountain. Everybody else was looking the other way at the stage. And I, I just kept getting lost playing, just like staring up, up <laughs> this mountain. Amazing. And that was, I'm sure there's some pictures floating around that. That was, that was amazing. Uh, so cool. okay. So now I want to hear. Go. I want to hear a train wreck. Okay, it was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't a train wreck. It was a. It was a bus wreck. It oh. was so. Uh, like that's still like I. Th I would say like the low point of my like journey as a drummer, and that was 2015. I think this. I think I'm just gonna, not gonna name. Um, names that's fine but this guy running doing this like metal band <clears throat> basically needed new musicians to go on tour um oh, yeah. for like a 12 <laughs> to, it was supposed to be like a 12 months tour like world tour and whatnot you know but 12? all like that's an insane do it, amount of time to do it yourself <laughs> you know yeah. and at, at that point already like okay so you're going on tour for 12 months like world tour but like nobody knows who you are so that, that that was already something weird and now i wasn't i wasn't um asked to to like directly to, to go on tour it was um another person back then and um your to, to friend play, at the time my, right? exactly yeah <laughs> uh, and um she was asked to play to play bass and um I was like, well, okay, cool. Like, do what you got to do. I, I, I wasn't really that interested. And um, I, th I guess the drummer they had asked, who like flew in from somewhere? I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, he quit all of a sudden, you know, while they were like rehearsing, and you know. And then, long story short, like they, they asked me, and I was, just, I had some reservations. It wasn't just really what I wanted to do, you know. A band that I had here. Um, just coming out of like music college, like we're working a lot and I was kind of just happy being here. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm into this, like, you know, 
um, no pay, but basically everything paid for. The tour bus was an RV that they or we kind of um, made look like a tour bus from inside and then a trailer. And this was, uh, it was Europe, right? It was, or was it the States as well? We, we started in the States, played okay. a few show, shows throughout, <laughs> only a few, a few, and then we're supposed to go over to Europe. And okay. but no pay at all. This was exactly that was basically kind of like well, you know, <laughs> the, you kind of like you just decide to become of the ba- uh, become part of the band and then just like hit the road with us and just like live on the road and like we'll make money and you know you get fat and all that kind of stuff. But like you're not really getting paid. And at that point, I was like, well, you know, at that point, I was straight out of college. Like I wasn't making like a crazy amount of money, right? I wasn't um, like it was it was it was alright. Like it, you know. Um, let me, let me, let me just see, you know, like, who knows, maybe this is kind of cool. And it was the one time in my life where I didn't listen to my gut, where I, you know, didn't do what I, you know, like the rules I had set for myself, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Always listen to your gut. Always, you know, it was the one time where I just like, like, you know, you know, not listen to any of that. And, and, and like, you know, it showed, you know, I should, I should have listened. So we went, we were like, we hit the road and like this, this piece of crap RV just like kept breaking down. We got stuck in the snow because for some reason this dumbass band leader thought it's a good idea to drive through the Colorado mountains with an RV and a trailer packed with gear, meaning like, like lights and, and, and PA and everything. Right. Um, and we got like stuck in the snow. Our V kept breaking down. Half of the shows got canceled. Um, mo- like almost like <laughs> there was like there were, we played a show where nobody was there. You know, like really yeah. nobody, and it right. was just awful. And like you know, um, he had like good ideas. You know, that the band had their own like outfits and like look and whatnot. But uh, we had we, you know we had to play with backing tracks. And that, like, he had his own little rig. It wasn't like an Ableton rig. He ran them off of Pro Tools. And I don't know if anybody should ever run backing tracks off of Pro Tools. Um, right. <laughs> and that kept breaking down. But it was cool because he had lights that was synced with, with you know, the, the show. So that was kind of cool. Little did I know that I was the one who had to, like, set it up and carry it oh. in and out. And he basically, like, he was one of these, like, charlatans that, like, Ba- you know, basically try to sell you the the this thing where you know, um, you become part of the band, you know, and like when we make it big, like you'll make it big too. So I'm not gonna pay you, right? Because um, right. you're not someone, a hired gun. But I'll, you know, if someone ever encounters this, you are a hired gun in this moment. You're not, you know, like you're not playing your own music. You're, well, that's a that, that's a good ex- distinction right there. It's like yeah. Are okay. You're part of the band. Are you? Did you? Did you? Yeah. Did you like help write the music? Or, is there anything in writing that you have a stake in? Like any yeah. kind of yeah. profits? Like that's being part of a band. If like things are being split, or you're part of the, you know. So it's a it's a good it's a really tough. I mean, I think that's a lesson we all learn. Yeah. Trying yeah. <laughs> starting a gig. Yeah, and the more Sorry. and more you you start working with uh, the good people, the you know, the more aware you become of that. Too. I I just like now over the last year, 
I've been working and recording an album with this band and you know they hired me to record this album they wanted me on the on on that album <clears throat> and uh, obviously at some point like that question came up like hey so like going like going you know further like with this you know how should we treat this like you know should we like become a band do you want to join in like you know especially like pay that that's the main reason you're actually really talking about that right right like uh, yeah, it's it's not so nice like to talk about money or make it all about the money. But when it comes to that, it's literally about the money, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you wouldn't worry about it if you would just do it all for free. Um, Can't eat experience, so, right? Yeah. But then like we had a really good talk about that and like how you can like handle it and, and you know, maybe find like a middle way or kind of like see where, where it's going, you sure. know, and, like because further down the road you might then start writing songs together and that's when you become invested in the band um and that's when you also should you know then be yeah you know so uh, yeah the back to that that you know yeah so it was yeah, horrible please. because we really like we got stuck in the snow for like a couple days and someone was like what what the hell am i doing with my life here like this is horrible why did i do this like i knew this was a bad idea i completely knew this was a bad idea you know i should have just you know, listen to like, you know, what my, like my own kind of gut and rules and. Yeah. And the whole time um, you were probably feeling that. Yeah. Horrible. And, and, you know, at, at that time, the band I had here called the Velvet Tea Party, you remember that with our friend yeah. Andres on guitar, like, you know, we were doing cool stuff, you know, Andres, so like passed. I kept <laughs> talking to him, like, you know, just texting him like, dude, like, I, I, I miss you. Like, this is, <laughs> I need to come back and we need to like keep working and stuff. And. In the meantime, they went on tour to Ecuador, and that was a great, great thing. And I missed oh, out yeah. on that. Like it was right. just, you know, and yeah, all the shows were just horrible. Like you know, he treated us so bad. And this whole time, like I mean, like he was the king of gaslighting people. I mean, oh my god, like including his own like girlfriend or wife, or like, I think they were married. I don't know. That was playing piano, even like like keys, even though she literally couldn't play. She was like, she was just faking it. Like so bad. Oh. The whole thing so bad. I was just like. What am I doing? This is a waste of money and 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 time. So like, um, he was gonna, we were gonna fly to Italy, and I was like, dude, like I'm out. I I can't do this. This is your your bullshitter, straight up, right? You are, that's that's what you are. You know, you, you just told don't him want, that. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's like you just don't want to pay the people, um, that actually work for you, right? Straight up, just work for you, um, and you know. Yeah, and I, that's as much as I think I want to like go to Tito with that one. Just so stupid. So like, obviously he was like kind of mad, and you know, but yeah. Um, the tickets Did were for for to fly to Europe were paid for, and uh, I just made a little like two three months vacation out of it. Um, oh, you still went? Well, yeah, like the flight, and then like to <laughs> Italy, and then from Italy, I I flew home <laughs> to, oh, wow. to my family and chilled with my family for a little bit, um, and then. And then flew back to LA and, and, you know, man, that reminds me of, and, and obviously we're going to, I'm not, not say names, <laughs> but, um, the friend you're talking about who you went with. And I think this is just kind of an interesting point. Um, when you both left that band, that person posted like on social media, like a whole negative mm -hmm. thing about the experience. Right. And you didn't. I didn't. 
And I, I want to commend you for that first off mm-hmm. for, and that friend also, um, is not even a musician anymore. Like she, well, you know, so yeah. And that's maybe a good point too. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not un- totally unrelated. Uh, I, I think the lesson just being like, just don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when it, I, that was one thing I, I I had that thought with this podcast. I was like, I don't want to like alien, like I've got such, your network is, is your livelihood in music mm-hmm. at being a working musician. Uh, it's, it's your strongest asset, I think, is your network. And like, I was like, man, I want to, I want to air all these like funny and, and, crazy stories but i don't want to like alienate all the people in them (laughs) and uh all the people that uh are you know i don't know if anyone's gonna listen to this but like you never know things can get back to like oh hey i heard this story about you know and right that's one thing i don't want to do and your story just reminded me uh that was a kind of a, a crazy thing that that your friend did yeah that um i was like it's, you just don't do that in this industry, and and really, in, in I don't think you should live your life that way <laughs> um, yep. in any industry because you're just you're just going to talk yourself out of other jobs and gigs. Yeah, and it's, want, it's the I, same with like friends. If you have a friend who always talks, like just you know, not even a musician, just a friend who always talks badly about other people, always gossips. Yeah. At some point, like you, you know, at first you're like you don't mind, you don't you don't care, and at first you're like. Or eventually you're like, well, if I'm not around, if I am I, you know, so yeah. if you what have someone with a me? bad attitude all the time, then yeah. Well, you just don't want to burn bridges. Like, yeah, uh, you know, you, you got to stand up for yourself for sure, but you got to also like, I, I just look at this industry, you know, what I do, <laughs> what I try to do, uh, I try, I try to be professional as much as possible. Yeah. And f- to me, airing your dirty laundry like that is like torpedoing <laughs> yeah. your credit, your credibility. Absolutely. Um, hundred percent. Like, and, and I, there's just a number of things that will make you, uh, that will get, get you more gigs. And there's a number of things that will get you less gigs. And one of the things is that another thing is like, just like getting back to people, <laughs> like yeah. response, like being being accountable and stuff. And and we it's it's maybe harder and harder in this age with texts, you know, mm-hmm. just you're in group texts and I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But for sure. I, it just made me think of like that there there's all these things that that can only help you and there's all these things that can only hurt you. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And if you just kind of look at what you do through the through like the the lens of like trying to be professional <laughs> yeah i just think that can only help you in your career yeah 100% yeah yeah so uh, w- was well, one th- no, just a quick it. thing i want to want to add yeah. like once in a while like i would go back to their um Instagram accounts to see or like Facebook like to see if they're still around yeah. or whatever because it's kind of like a like a car accident right you don't want to see it but you also can't look away so you like you know keep totally going. so um uh, eventually I saw that they they this was like a year later or two even 
a long time later, they were still looking like for just, you know, because every time they got new members, they would always like after like two months, just kind of like, <laughs> bye. Um, and I saw eventually, because since, uh, since it was a world tour, right, they were looking for people everywhere. I saw this um, um, fellow drummer from Germany that I know, a little bit younger, I think, than I am. Um, he responded like, yeah, definitely interested. Like, that's chat. And I saw that just like, you know, of luck. And, you know, I was like, call me. Like, do you yeah. have a minute? Like, let, like, call me. So actually I was on the phone with him for like over an hour and I told him like, look, dude, like I don't, you know, it's not like, I, I wish you all the, all the best, all the sick gigs, all the world tours in the world, right? Right. But like this one, like, here's my story. And then you decide if you want to do this or not, you know? And he was just like, dude, thank God. Like, yeah. You know. Well, there um, you go. Word gets around. Yeah. You know, it's it is kind of crazy how how small the community really is. Yeah, like that that amazes me so many times where it's like, wait, how do you know this guy? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, whoa, it, yeah. or, you just it's it's crazy. We're so connected. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, your your credibility is 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 so important, and just treating people with kindness and like generosity yeah. and stuff like that like you were saying like the guy sounded almost like a cult leader yeah you know just a charlatan i liked that word you used um uh w one thing i wanted to was circle back to that you, that you were talking about too uh it's just like how to how to transition a working relationship kind of when it's new to like how to talk about money how to like mm. bring that up and it, that's just, for me, it's, that's always such a tricky thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still, no necessarily, is, I, it always will be. Yeah. And there's yeah. no one right way to do it necessarily, but I'm just curious if you have any insight because you have to do it so, so often because you work so much and I'm playing yeah. so, with so many artists and bands, like how you approach it now, what, what, any lessons that you've learned Yeah. from that? Um, I think one lesson that I learned is um, that a lot of times you'll be surprised if you just ask for it. Totally. They will actually be like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Because, um, yeah, I, I think that's a big lesson, but it's, it's, it's still tricky, you know, because you always feel like, uh, oh, what, I, what if, they, if they're, if they're going to say no? And you know what? If they want you to play a gig for them for $100, which in Los Angeles covers gas, parking, and the parking ticket you're going to get. A few tacos. Um, and, and tacos, right? Um, <laughs> and they say no and they laugh at you, then good. Then like, then don't do the gig. You know, if they really don't want to, if you think like you need to, like if you, first of all, if you sat down and you calculated your day rate as just a freelancer, right? Let's not, you know, let's just like, break it down really complete to business and you broke down your day rate as a freelancer you know if you have a day yeah. job well that's also maybe different if if you know if you if you have a job because you want to be able to play gigs for you know just like 50 bucks or whatever cool but like, let's say you're just that full-time player you want to make your money playing um and you calculate what you have to make in a month right you sit down like okay this is how much i'm paying in rent this is how much you know you know i don't know whatever that is like you know, three, four thousand dollars you want to make a month, cool, you know. Then you, you know, you subtract taxes and all that kind of stuff. 
um, and you calculate how many shows and rehearsals a week you're doing um, and then you like slowly break it down to what you should you be making when you're rehearsing three, four hours, right? Which includes right. um, grabbing your gear from your studio, driving to the space and whatnot. So a three-hour rehearsal is quickly turns into a four or five hour thing or whatever so break it down what do you need to make then and if someone absolutely does not want to pay you that then well see if you're comfortable with that if there's wiggle room you know right um <clears throat> just just that like like really get serious about um what you really have to make not like what sounds nice you know like oh would it be fun to play a show for 100 dollars, 200 300 400 you know no yeah. break it down what you need to be making you know to actually start a life here in this town and somewhere else, you know, and pay yeah. for insurance and, you know, and your car and all these kind of like grown up things, right? Quality of life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quality, quality of life. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of other things that come into play, right? Is, is Are you playing with someone that like, you know, is it your band? Like, I mean, a lot of times like we all play gigs for free if we want to do that, if it's just fun. After all, we still love playing. Right? Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, but you're the one to decide that, not the person you're playing with, you know. Right. Or maybe you're playing with someone, you know, that asks you like, hey, like, you know, I have this like album that I wrote. I want to like, you know, hit the road with it. I'll play a few like shows and showcases. Um, this is like my budget. And then you can be like, well, this is really like not my rate, but I heard that guy is on bass and they don't have a guitar player yet. So maybe I can bring in my buddy. So like actually the hang might be really, really cool. And, you, um, you know, and also like, actually, I think like this artist is really cool. So like, I think I'm fine with it. Like, yeah, that's, that, that works. And then cool. You can do it. And then, you know, awesome. Um, so, and, and that's almost like an investment too. You know, the money you're not making might go towards, you know, something you like, you know, in the future, because this artist is hitting it big, you know, you, you don't know, you know, this is for like the, the, the freelancing stuff, you know, like you being a hired gun, right? Yeah. And well, that's a good point, though. Sorry to interject, but you, you want to talk about the triangle, <laughs> right? No, no. Okay. Because I, I think I, I think what you're getting, I think I talked about that on the last, on the last podcast, mm -hmm. but um, I was going to say, I was going to say you, that you never know who you're going to meet at a gig. Also there, that, exactly. There have been gigs where I've been like, ah, yeah. this is not what I want to make, but I don't have another gig that night. And maybe it's short notice and I'm just like, or it's not, but I'm just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, that's all meant with a triangle earlier. Like, you, you know it, you know, uh, a lot of people by now know it, but it's basically these like three things that you have these three aspects. It's the money, the music, and the hang. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> totally. you get to decide whether or not a um, gig is, is worth it. So like if, you know, if you love the music, if you love playing the music and the hang is awesome, but the the money aspect isn't there, well then cool. Then great, you know. Two if, or three. If, you want to have two or three. <laughs> exactly. Two out of three or at least like, you know, you can you know, break it down to a point system too, if you want to have a more uh, flexible, sure. you know, kind of view. But um, once I really like, like, you know, internalized that, like it, it helped me a little bit because sometimes I'll be like, why am I playing this gig? And I'm like, okay, it's not paying me well. I don't like the people I'm playing with and the music is bad. So yeah, there you go. Like, why, don't waste well, yeah, your time. What am I doing? Don't waste yeah. your time. 
Yeah. You know, there's people who are going to say like, always say yes to playing a gig, always say yes to playing a gig, but in a way that can burn you out quickly. Well, I think it, yeah, <laughs> I think it's part of, part of that too, is where are you in your career? Yeah, exactly. I think early mm -hmm. on, yeah, like say yes to everything. I mean, yeah, every, everything that, that, that makes sense. Like there should always be a line where you're just like, okay, I'm, I just lost $200 playing that gig or something, <laughs> but, um, or this is dangerous and, yeah, uh, yeah. could have died. But no, I, I, when I was coming out of, out of music school, I, I pretty much said yes to everything like mm -hmm. the first year. And I mean, I was kind of playing with seven bands or whatever and, um, and I barely made any money that first year, but it was so, I think it was hugely important for yeah. my career and just my experience and everything. Um, so I think depending on where you are, like it, you should kind of transition towards the triangle. Mm -hmm. uh, initially, right. If if you're immediately, if you have no experience and you really don't have a professional uh, I don't know, pedigree to offer, then, then you, you just need to get out there <laughs> yeah. and you yeah, need to, to get to that point where now, okay, now I can, I can be a little more picky. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how, I mean, everyone's got to, you know, find their own path and everything. But for me, it was like, it was like, get as many, get fully booked with gigs and then slowly start to replace the free or low paying gigs with medium paying gigs and then high higher paying, you know, and just kind of slowly uh, get to the point where it was like, oh, I'm like totally, you know, paying my bills now with, with music yeah. and kind of haven't looked back since. I mean, I've taken different trajectories, but uh, I mean, it, yeah, that, that, that was, is that kind of how you looked at it? Yeah. Yeah. Ab absolutely. Yeah. Cause, okay. cause that's how you're going to get the gigs. You know, you don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can always find stuff, um, you know, in like Facebook groups or I mean, I never found something on Craigslist. I know people who have, but in the end, like it never really was the, the, the thing um but I think i'm still playing all, with the it, band but really really <laughs> you're gonna get the gigs from from you know your 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 peers your fellow musicians and you're yeah. gonna give them gigs as well that's how how it goes like if if you know people that you like to work with rehearse with hang with go on tour with you try you you're going to try to bring them along you know right and they're gonna try to like keep you along too and that's how you're gonna get the gig so at, at the beginning you need to build up the network you need you need to meet those people that you can bring along that can bring you along um, yeah and the best so, way to do that is to actually play with people and e they can exactly. see yeah. oh because okay, it's it's so apparent especially when you've been gigging as much as we have like you kind of know right away yeah when you when you're at a gig with somebody like this guy is knows what he's doing or this guy's like fish out of water right now <laughs> or just like or just oh this guy's kind of green fish out of water great <laughs> uh is that a, is that a saying i don't know it is now i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah it's great i, I feel like i've heard it before yeah um i think it's a marco polo game 
term. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it's and I I've heard that the other way too, where it's like uh, when I when I've shown up at gigs and they're playing with me for the first time, uh, it's really like validating when like they'll say like oh yeah we were comfortable like right away we know we knew that it was going to be cool like it's like great like i'm so happy that that is what's coming out yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh when i show up at a, at a gig cause a lot of times it's like you haven't rehearsed and at least for me a lot of the gigs it's like there's no rehearsal you're just showing up and the the band doesn't know how it's going to go necessarily mm -hmm. and they're just hoping that the recommendation was was good and <laughs> um right that's a cool feeling so yeah uh, uh so another question i had for you funniest moment either on stage or in the studio there's got to be there's got to be something that comes to mind that's just like i feel like such unique things happen at gigs that uh, a lot, a lot of times, nobody even knows happened unless you're like <laughs> part of the band or on stage, and those are the kind of things I want to, I want to come out on here. Oh, it's um, like, and I'm, I'm trying to stall to give you a bit because it looks like you're trying to think of something. Uh, whenever you're ready, I've, I mean, I've got plenty, but I would like to hear from you. Yeah, I, f <laughs> I feel like. Man, there have been, <laughs> all I can think of right now is that like there have been a lot of gigs with the flux capacitors where I just cracked up and I don't even remember why. Because <laughs> um, sometimes those shows are just, um, yeah, like crazy. And then it's not necessarily like audience goes, wise, usually positive wise, you know, where it's just or like. I would say audience, like, the, oh, like something happened in the audience or with the band both i can't like it's it's hard for me like to think of something just like really i mean i can try to tell a small story yes, as you think you of should, it yeah 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 so i've got a i've got a million but uh when you play when you play a bunch of like in the country bar scene <laughs> for a long time like oh my god i mean i've seen uh you know girl dancing titties flopping out on the dance floor and you're just like can we all see this uh uh hearing about like and that actually was the same the same woman this country bar we heard that they that she, they, they were caught banging in the bathroom now that sounds bad enough but this bathroom no stall doors wow Okay. So just uh, just to paint a picture, you walk in, sink to your right, urinal to your right, next, and then like toilet bowl with a little you know wiener wall, <laughs> but uh, no door, and, and I and I oh, knew geez. that, and I know that a hundred percent because, um, you know I play that place a bunch of times, and and often, yeah, you know, these are long. It's a long time to get to the. To get there and their long gigs i'd have to take a dump at some point throughout the night and <laughs> there's no there's no freaking place to to pop a squat you know with any privacy so i knew that there were no door there's no door and uh so yeah a couple was caught banging in there 
And then I guess they weren't kicked out because then I saw the the titty pop out on the on the st- on the dance floor, and then found out it was the same one, <laughs> same. And uh, you know she had some uh, she had some girth to her. I'll, I'll I'll put it that way. Wow. If uh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how else to put it nicely. All right. Well, Is that enough so stall? Like, this time stalling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of start thinking of of crazy things like in in general like like because funny like yeah man like there were like funny funny stories you're playing like you know with with a band and the guitar player doesn't you know register that that he's playing in wrong key and nothing oh, yeah. sounds funnier than a guitar playing lead or the piano <laughs> like a lead part and they're out of tune I've had the piano too <laughs> where the where they forgot to. Uh, they they did the modulation. Oh, like they, oh they yeah, used yeah. modulation on all which we I didn't know until that point that this keyboard player yeah. always uh, just transposed and, everything, and he w- forgot, and it was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and oh man, if you, if you if you need a good laugh, because you know, um, I I would say like nine out of ten musicians play in churches, right? Play in worship bands or whatever on Sunday or mornings. Or have at least, yeah. Or have at some point, exactly. Yeah. There's an Instagram page dedicated to worship fails. And they're oh, called Worship Fails. And <laughs> I cried. I cried. Because like, we've all been there. Like they, you know, where, you know, like the, you come in, you know, and it's like, you know, like, you know, the fields are high because, you know, it's worship, right? <laughs> Guitar player just, I don't know starts a different song or something you know the drummer like plays in 4-4 even though it's a 6-8 song or i don't know you know it's oh, yeah it's great like so you should check that that page out a crazy story that happened once and w- i think the reason why i thought about funny is because now watching the tape of it it is it's not funny but you know kind of makes you you know laugh a little bit we yeah. played this um I was also back in Germany with a metal band I was playing it at that time. And, um, you know, the breakdown comes and the, guitar, uh, the, the bass player, he had the, he had a similar bass that what, what you have. Is, is that, is that the music man bongo? Or like, it just, a, like it just I, I don't heavy have a bongo. Bass. I've got a, a classic stingray. And a stingray, Sterling, I think maybe that, yeah, just, uh, but like it's heavy bass and he was a kind of like a, like skinny dude. He goes up on the drum riser, breakdown comes and he jumps down and he just like, I don't know if he like twisted or fractured his knee or whatever, but he just goes <laughs> oh, no. down. Oh. Right. But I mean, he back then he pulled a Dave Grohl. He finished the show. He got wow. his mom was there. Hey, props. <laughs> and they got ice packs and he sat down on the and he finished the show. I mean, you know, pretty, pretty killer. But it was one, one of those things where you see you're you're on the drums, you're playing. Um, and you know, bass player is next to you, and he jumps, and then like you look around, and you can't see him. Like, what? Where did they go? You know, um, <laughs> that was that was still crazy, and also like just so it's it's just a moment where like if that happens, it's just so bad. You know, it's just so sad. Yeah, um, the ice packs is a good touch. I'm just picturing a dude <laughs> with his foot up with the ice packs playing b- bongo yeah. bass, metal. You and know, metal, like, that, yeah, that's yeah, even better. Exactly. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Have you ever had anything happen to you while you're while you're performing? Like- I I broke a bunch of glasses. I um, <laughs> back home. I, I actually had all my like my glasses always insured because eyeglasses. Yeah, my exactly yeah. my, my eyeglasses. <laughs> yeah, my uh, 
You weren't just chucking uh, beer glasses from behind no. your <laughs> No, I would, I would, you know, I, I, I sweat a lot while playing. So like the glasses, they fall down yeah. a few times. I hit them with my stick. If you, if you go like, you know, <laughs> cool. if it's, if it's a show where you kind of go, you know, nuts a little bit, then, um, that, that happens or you gotta um, go goggles, I, man. Yeah. I used to stand up while playing <laughs> a lot and then like, you know, the glasses had fallen down like a minute before then I stand up and, you know. Oh man! Oops, I stepped on the glasses because they were like right underneath my snare drum or something. Um, I never, I mean, blood. Yeah, you know, hitting my my knuckles on the hi hat. Ugh, that happened a lot. Just yeah. like when you like, you know, when you go really wild. Um, I it doesn't happen as much anymore. Well, it's such um, a physical instrument. I mean, they're all physical, yeah. but but drums is its own beast. It 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 is, and um, I mean, like you know, as like you know, you you change, and like the the, the music you you play changes, or technique changes, like those things obviously change too. But um, yeah, when I was still playing more like in, in metal and like just hard rock bands, where you where you know people want to see that you know the, you physically you're just like banging the drums, right? Then solo you know, you, at every you do those show, kind of things, kind of thing. you do crossovers and whatnot, and you know, adrenaline is kicking in and you maybe, you know, maybe you had a beer or whatever, then like, yeah. And maybe it's not your kid. Maybe it's like the backline kid, you know, where like half of the things weren't adjustable, right? Right. Like you play the Viper room or whatever and you can't raise the snare drum and the Hyatt is fixed forever, you know, you can't do anything on it. Then like, yeah, things <laughs> aren't where you were there usually are and then you hit your knuckle on the hi-hat, you know, that's, it usually happens with backline kids. <laughs> right. Um, that's a good point. You know, yeah, yeah. A lot of times you're at the mercy of of the backline. I mean, but yeah. the backline giveth and the backline taketh away, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. it's it's so nice to have it there, but you just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. and it can mess and you it's, up. Yeah, it's it's great to have, and like obviously you wanna we you especially as a drummer you wanna develop. You know, I don't want to call it a skill, but you know, just being able to be be comfortable whatever you're sitting on you know right uh, and luck yeah. luckily that's something that i always was okay okay with um my my drum teacher years and years and years ago he he always like said that to me just like you know be able to play a good groove like however you know wherever the bass drum is and wherever the hi-hat is just you know be able to do that and in the end it's it's a drum so you hit it and it makes boom so <laughs> you know um but yeah it, that being said, it's it's still annoying and just not nice if you can't, you know, adjust anything or something is broken. Well, yeah, know. we go back to like you're fighting an uphill battle yeah. from the start. Yeah, exactly. And, and you just never know. Uh, it's like somebody could be, a lot of people could be seeing you for the first time. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I remember a moment like that. Sorry to interrupt. But I remember like, like, it was, I was playing, it was one of my first Viper Room shows. And, um, it was a show that I was really stoked about, like because of the the artist I was playing with, and it was one of my. I mean, it was my first show in Hollywood, I think, and uh, I think the. Um, I mean, I had brought my pedals because it was fast music. It was you know fast fast rock and like some metal in there. I brought my double pedal, my cymbals. I think even my snare drum, but the damn throne. Um, I think you couldn't adjust it. It was just like down all the way oh. and had this extra cushiony pillow. So there I was. Just changes like my everything. First, huh? Just like changes everything. Changes everything. The seat 
changes yeah. everything for me. Um, so that was like my first show in Hollywood, you know, like we rehearsed. I was so stoked to play like that person, like, you know, had a name and, um, <laughs> you know, like super stoked and we were prepared and I was prepared. Like I had even brought my own pedals and everything, you know, just like really make, make that one count. And then you have to play fast bass drum notes, you know, high energy music, um, while sitting a foot lower than you usually do. Wow. Horrible. Like my foot was cramping, like, cause you have to use a completely different technique, like, you know, and then like, you just feel like, okay, this, this really, really sucks. Yeah, so sometimes so many... I actually bring 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 my my chair more than often, especially to rehearsals. If we're going to rehearsal studios and uh, it's a long rehearsal, because you know I'm not saying like I'm getting older, but you know I'm everybody not. is. <laughs> we, we all are, and if yeah. you have a wonky chair and you have to sit on that for three hours and play, because you know drums, you you you're moving all four limbs, so it's you know, um, yeah. So a lot of times I actually bring my own chair. Yeah, yeah you got to you know. You got to take care of it uh, of your body for sure to be able to yeah. do this. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's something I, I that just as much as I've tried to shut it out <laughs> over the years uh, has become more and more apparent. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. the only way to continue do that doing this is to try to be conscious of those kind of things because uh, it'll catch up with you for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, like. Do you have any goals like for your career, either short term or long term, going forward, or are you kind of just kind of waiting out at least this period during a pandemic fun? Um, long term, I don't. I mean, I got. I, I always said like, well, I want to, you know, make a living playing drums, whatever that means. Right, but once you do that, then you want more. Exactly, and then like, well, and. <laughs> there's still so much to it so many different ways like there's so many different yeah. versions of that you know for so, sure um that doesn't like once you do that are you happy you know is, like, right is it still like working out or whatnot um so long-term goal like no not like like necessarily short-term goal is um i want to i want to work on uh solo records you know for sure um, Solo, but like I'm not your, sure if, if it's like my, my stuff or like with like one or two other people, but like that yeah. again, like I, my, my absolute goal there is to, um, work again more on original stuff because I think, especially being in LA, you, like you, you, you get here and then you just, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta hustle, you know, if you want to, and as a, uh, someone like not, if you're not from here, um, you're also not allowed to work anything, you know, based on your visa, you might not be allowed to work anything else. So you really got to go for right. it. So you really got to, you're really going for, you know, making money doing that. And um, uh, it's not that I lost sight of like what I want to do with like, you know, creatively, but um, it's, it's time for me to like, you know, like go into that direction a little bit more um, yeah. again and do like my music. Um more and that's definitely um because yeah like you know um yeah you have the music that you love that you want to play you know where where you're coming from really right and yeah. um then you you do a bunch of other stuff and eventually you're just like well i uh, but i want to just like just 
be a drummer and a musician and like create again. Yeah, so, 100%. So, what well, would you say stylistically is your, sorry to interrupt, but like what, what would, you said try to do kind of your own stuff more, mm-hmm. like stuff that, that you feel passionate about. What, what would you say stylistically that is? Is it the, the kind of crazier hard rock stuff or... Not uh, progressive. Um, I certainly like crazier stuff, but it's. I mean, like there, there's really a lot that I that I like and like playing. Like I love, you know, um, the like smoother, um, like folky rock a lot. Okay. You know, but um, really, I I I come from progressive rock. Right. You know, anywhere between Toto and Dream Theater. Um, <laughs> You know, that's, that's, that's where, where I come from. That's like, that's what I fell in love with. That's what like, you know, I, it started, that started it all kind of. Um, so as much as I like all kinds of music, right? Like, you know, I don't know, like one, (laughs) the last concert I saw, I think was Ariana Grande. I think, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, (laughs) like, um, still eternally grateful for my girlfriend to like take me there um yeah god that was so good you know um i bet but but still it's you know the the like fun like kind of progressive um rock that, that you know that where gets I'm from, you that going I really like yeah yeah that that kind of speaks to you more or, or you feel more alive when you play that that style yeah and that's where i feel like at home you know yeah um and like, like I get bored of four four really easily. Not like sure. not bored. That sounds bad, but like <laughs> you know, it's um, if if you if you always listen to music that's in, and that doesn't have to be complicated stuff, right? Like the people who know know that you know there's a lot of great music out there that's not four four or six eight or whatnot, right? Like it's it's sure. there's this myth that you know comp like it's not as it being about being complicated. It's just it has a different pulse. You know, yeah, I mean, you, there's plenty of like country music that that uses odd time that people don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it's a different vibe. It's a different, you know. I mean, takes Sting. You know, um, Love is Stronger Than Justice, Seven sure. Days. I don't know. Like those aren't four four, right? But it's still but it's pop. A diff- yeah. It's still pop, and it's you know, still grooves. And I feel like there's more and more music actually coming out, especially in five. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I love it, it. Like I said, it has a different pulse. Nothing in life has always the same pulse. You have different moods, you know. And so, like, and that's I think what I mean with you. You get bored of four four, you know. Like you want to have different, you know, different feelings, different pulses, different different beats. Sure, and and <clears throat> you know, from a more I guess musical side, some of my, a. a, a like a similar thing is just like, oh, I get bored playing in one key the whole time or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah, there's so many different things musically you can do to kind of make things interesting. But uh, no, I, I hear you. I, I love playing odd time. <laughs> I miss playing a lot of odd time stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there is there anything like that you're, that? so you have a website, right? Like, uh, is it? It's, remind, remind me what it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's just uh, Jonas Streffer, J O N A S S T R E W F E R dot net dot com. It's dot right. net and et. Right. You know, someone once told me like I never trust dot net 
address it. Like it's always kind of weird. I'm like, no, to me, that's just a kind of like neutral kind of, you know, because I didn't yeah. want to go like .de or like back then, you know, like because that's the German ending, oh. you know, and I I could have gone for .com. I do have a .com. It's just Jojo Drums. It's maybe that's easier for people that hear this. You know, Is it the just, same site. Same, same side, yeah, just okay. jojodrums.com. I figured, because my name is so weird and German and odd, you know, if you're it's at a really bar not that or weird. somewhere else, <laughs> you have to like spell it out. That doesn't work. So jojodrums.com. I mean, everybody's heard the name Jonas now. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah. but still, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, I don't post like a bunch of the, my Instagram feed and stuff is on it, but if you want to just like, you know, read up like what I've done and found, find like, most recent like um you know pictures and 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 whatnot or some info about my my gear my recording gear um yeah and stuff it's it's all up there yeah yeah jonas has got a, a lockout that i'm i'm seeing now on the zoom feed yeah he, yep. he can We're record at have a studio yeah absolutely he, he does remote stuff we've worked together many many times uh Oh, do you have any like new projects either um, that you're, do you want to promote that are either recently come out or, or are in the works that people can, can look out for? Um, one I'm excited about, I don't know if it's, if I'm allowed to say something about it or not, but there's a band uh, called When Wolves Count Sheep and uh, it's, it's fairly new. Um, and they will be releasing and putting out um, new stuff soon. And I'm really excited about it, that I'm like part of it. And then um, I should say I'm uh, I'm playing a small part in, in the new solo record of our dear friend Andres Yepes. Yes, and, um, me as well. <laughs> if you like progressive rock, and you like instrumental music um, and really, really well-written guitar melodies. Uh, be on the lookout for that for that release. Um, I'm not playing drums on a lot of that, but um, still, that's going to be really, really. I'm really excited for that release. At yeah, least, yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, that's cool. And uh, the the, um, the the last one you mentioned what, was that like a progressive rock thing as well or what style I mean, the, was that? the first band that the I, first one that you yeah yeah i'd say like um it's somewhere in the like angels and airways dredge um almost blink kind of realm you know yeah. With a drummer who's trying to play not like Travis Barker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um that's that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I didn't what? I didn't co write any of that kind of stuff. Like that sure. all this all the things have been um written. I just had the pleasure and honor to record drums. That's um, cool. Record, yeah. Sometimes that, that can be nice. You know, it's it, it's a different kind of pressure, but it's like a different you know when you don't have to worry about being a part of the writing, that can be, I don't know. I, I like both sides of it. I like being part of the band and being, taking more ownership of stuff. And then sometimes it's nice to just like 
<laughs> play on something and not feel any pressure. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. If um, I, I miss, I like, like I said, like I want to like write more again. I kind of miss that, but I also came come to realize that writing music is a very like sensitive, like t- touchy thing, really. Yeah. Um. Definitely. You know. Um. I mean, it depends on the people involved you know like it can also just be like just a thing but like it's for me it's really something that you know um it works with the right people you know yeah and then it's it's such a cool thing but i also also found that if you're trying to write music with people that you know you're not just you're not looking into the right direction or you you know then you just like fighting and arguing and and you know or if people that aren't like open-minded because um, that's also something, you know, um, that like if, if you're writing music and if you put three minds and hearts together in a room or four or five, I don't know how many people in that yeah. moment, um, then what's going to come out is whatever is going to come out. And then sometimes you write with people who don't like that. Right. And, then, and that that's a moment where I'm just like, well, then write your own stuff. Then, then you know... Um, and that's that's okay. That's totally fine. But you just come to realize that maybe that's not the right like setup. Then, um, yeah, I and think. that's a good point. And that just makes me think of uh, just how special it is when you do find those yeah, yeah. those relationships that work. And when I've it's it's so hard to appreciate them in the moment sometimes or realize it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's after the fact. Uh, <laughs> I that. Go for it. Yeah, and I, I like I like I know what you want like, want to say. Like I and I immediately have to think about Andres, for example. Um, yeah, because I just I had just mentioned that. Um, so like Andres and I, like we like us three, we we've been working on stuff together, and there's gonna be uh, stuff coming out as yeah. well. Uh, but Andres and I have been playing together really for six six seven years or so now. Right, and. Um, there rarely has been another guitar player that I like gel with so much. And, um, and it's funny cause recently, like I had, I was doing sessions like recording and most of the time it's just people sending me, you know, either scratch guitars or the, the finished guitars already. And then you have to record the drums over on top of that. And that, that can always be tricky depending on, you know, usually it should be the other way around or you're just playing together, but Getting the drums to sit right, uh, you sometimes have to like you know practice along a little bit to get to get the feeling you know so the the drums and guitars are tight and stuff right, um, and with like Andres for example like I I played along to just scratch guitar the other day and it was yeah. fairly complicated stuff it was really, really fast stuff and <laughs> it is yeah I. <laughs> Played along and like just noodled like some crazy 30 second triplet figures there and it was on point. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, geez, like sometimes I, I, I struggle to get, you know, like an eighth note groove to sit right with you know, some scratch guitar track that I get. And then like here I am playing, you know, these like, you know, 15, 16 bars of, you know, 30 second notes and they're just on. And like that was one of those mo- these moments where I like really because before like the end of last year, Andres and I had not played together for a while, right? So, you know, so we used to play for like you know like a lot, and then we hadn't 
for a minute. And now last year, you know, we, you know, our paths crossed again. And that's, that was one of those moments where I was just like, wow, like I really appreciated that. Like, you know, that was really like, yeah, one of those things. So I kind of wanted to share that. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we can definitely take for granted uh, and not realize in the moment, like how special it is to have those connections, uh, especially when it comes to writing yeah. with, with other people and how hard it is to find, to find that. I mean, I'm, Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always still looking for people that I can gel with writing. Like it, like it. Everybody brings out a different thing. Like, like you said, you put different people in a room, you're gonna come out with different things. Mm-hmm. And I just love collaborations. I love uh, working with other people, both as as a as a bassist or as a producer, or or even as the front man. Uh, and it's it, it's so it's so interesting how how di- how different people just bring different things out of me mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I can yeah. affect music differently so it's uh it's definitely something that's super interesting to me <laughs> yeah that's a really good point actually not just like what you bring to the table or how they react to the stuff that you suggest but also what they bring out in you like when they're like can you can you play something like this and you're just like what what that's yeah. always the like I I love when I'm like being like when I'm proven wrong I guess if you could kind of say it like that when someone's like yeah, can you try that and I'm like no that that's not a good <laughs> idea and then we try it and then I'm like hey this is cool <laughs> you know I love when that happens yeah yeah well and that's the most important thing is just to try yeah stuff oh yeah um, nothing's a bigger open, turn like off than if you suggest something or someone else suggests something and there's someone like yeah, let's maybe not try that, you know, or like, yes, but how about we do it differently? And it's like, well, let's, let's try it. Like, who knows if it's going to sound yeah. good or not. Yeah. Once that happens more than like, if that happens more than once, it's kind of hard to continue. Like yeah. I, I, I definitely left a band once cause I, I had a couple ideas and like everybody was like, yeah, let's try that. And then the front man was like, no, that's not going to work with my melody. And I was like, Okay. Well, could we try it? Because like yeah. the rest of us. Or can you like thought, change your melody? <laughs> or can you change? Yeah, because like this is gonna be a cooler groove. Yeah. yeah. And after like two of those, it was just like, um, yeah, the this is now uh, <laughs> unless you want to pay me <laughs> to be here, <laughs> right? Right. Because uh, this was supposed to be a, a band. I thought so. Yeah. Um. Just be o- the point being just like just be open to at least trying stuff. If stuff doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like. Uh, the best way to, I, I think the best way to go about like collaborating is just to just to not be uh, I don't know reticent to like just throw out ideas and try stuff and then throw stuff against the wall see what sticks as as they say <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so that's that's the way I like to go about yeah. it yeah. and just talking about it now I totally miss you know yeah writing with right. people in person and stuff yeah. I mean and as you were saying like writing with you guys like you you guys made like brought so many different things out in mm. in my playing and made me play so differently like <laughs> working on the, the song you're talking about with andres like yeah. i'm I, I i've had to really it's been fun i've been approaching it very differently than because it's just like 
the song's calling for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, and, and that's, I guess, the the uh, the most important thing is like, uh, is following where where the songs like uh, songs kind of take on a life of their own. It seems, and yeah. sometimes you just kind of have to follow it and go and and figure out what's working and just kind of follow it and and instead of like pushing it exactly like well i want to play like this it's like yeah but that's not working for this song for some reason so you got to change it up yeah i don't yeah. know yeah getting kind of existential but yeah. um so uh, aside from your own stuff is there is there anything like that you are super into right now uh or like a new song that you heard or a new artist that uh that you would want to recommend or that you're kind of like obsessed with right now <clears throat> A new artist. Um, and it could be it could be local. It could be major. You know, just something that's like something that's got gotcha. you. Right. Um, well, I mean, one thing I I've been really really anticipating and can't wait for, and they just released the first one is the new uh, release of the Liquid Tension Experiment. Um, okay. For those not familiar, don't know what that is. That's basically, um. It's a super group that started before Jordan Rudess joined Dream Theater. So it's Mike Portnoy on drums, John Petrucci on guitar, Jordan Rudess oh. on keys, and Tony Levin on bass and Chapman stick. No vocals. Wow. It's, a, it's, it's really just like, you know, let's see how fast we can play kind of band. <laughs> and um, they, they did a few things, even like while Dream Theater was happening, because it was basically Dream Theater with a different bass player and different, no singer. Um, but then like eventually that, after I think two or three albums, no, two albums that stopped, they kept touring, but that that's about it. But it was who like for the people who are into that kind of you know, like just fun, cool, you know, complicated rock. It's really really fun. And, yeah. and now after I think I don't know twenty years or something, they actually just um, finished writing a new album, which is amazing because Mike Portner, as a lot of people know, uh, left Dream Theater. Right so long ago so ever since then like people wanted to hear him and john bertucci play again and john bertucci had him play drums on his um um, solo record last year and that was one of those things too where dream theater has like changed a lot um a lot of people like still like the new stuff this new stuff is cool i guess um but you know those two people were were also like yeah like people just had this connection when you know when you combine the playing of John Petrucci and Mike Portnoy you just get a different different sound that's just like special Unique, and even yeah. though the drum parts were written for you know written already um when John Petrucci released his solo record it was just like oh my god there it is you know this magic um so yeah but they have been writing another album they released their first stuff anyway so that's cool um there was one other uh, thing. I can't think of it right now. Um, um, I've been I've been really um, always like, you know, listening to Toto constantly. And they brought out this album, Old is New. And even on their uh, last record um, before that, there were a few songs where they um, dug up old recordings from Jeff Porcaro and Mike Porcaro. Okay. And they grabbed those tracks and then they finally made songs out of them. Oh, wow. So there are songs out there like Spanish Sea, um, like a few other ones where they, where it's it's Jeff playing. It's a, it's an unheard recording of Jeff Porcaro 
playing and they made a song and, and that's just like that's a different uh thing too like that's really really awesome so super old band not new at all but go, <laughs> but go check that out um otherwise what else have i been listening for oh if um if you're not from germany and you want um check out a really sick original band check out the inner sphere um beast of a band those those players are so so good um again they're from germany um check check those guys out um and they're right. young too like they're our age um so if you want like a hot tip um they're really 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 great cool cool i think my last question for you um and it's been such a pleasure talking music yeah. with you for a couple hours this is so fun yeah so much fun um but uh you know i feel like You've you've come a long way in your career. I know it's 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 hard for us to think of our careers that way sometimes yeah. when you're in yeah. it. But like uh, from from the outside, I feel like you've done so much. You've played with so many artists and bands. You're <clears throat> you're an in demand drummer, and your playing has 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 come such a long way. I'm just wondering if you have any advice for like for guys that m maybe are starting out or thinking about becoming a, a professional musician such as yourself, uh, if you have any advice for, for people out there. Don't think you know it all. I yeah. Like that's like for me personally, that's something um, like be open and don't be, don't be a dick. Don't like, <laughs> just be nice. Just be nice. You know, I, I feel yeah. like you can like, you can you can be a little bit of like you know if you want to have an attitude if you want to be arrogant a little bit like sure okay um but don't be a dick don't waste other people's times don't be rude uh, you know um that i yeah. think that those are the two things like one thing that i had to learn was don't think that you know it all just always be open always always try to learn you can learn from everybody don't think any you don't ever view anybody as someone that you think like Oh, that person can't teach me anything, can't show me anything, right? Yeah. Don't, like that's always try, you know, to see that in every interaction you have, I think. And then the other thing is just like, you know, if you want to get further, it's just like be nice, be cool, be, you know. Attitude. Be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Ad attitude is everything. Yeah. Because I think if the moment you... You know, you you're not that, and you waste other people's times, and and you know, um, then that's when people will just like, yeah, get rid of you. Just you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially if on if everything else is equal, if or or close to equal, mm -hmm. you know, two guys, five guys who all kind of play similarly. You're gonna go with the the coolest guy. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna go with the guy with the with the best attitude. Yeah. That's that's professional. That's yeah. gonna be the 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 best. Even to, if he doesn't sound. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> then I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if maybe of those five guys, he might be. I mean, if there's too much of a difference in in talent, right? Then it it you know. <laughs> there's a scale but sometimes being just having the best attitude can make up 
yeah. for for some of your deficiencies. Yeah. As long as you're at a certain level. <laughs> yeah, because 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 when um when you're and then maybe that's like another story, another like shout out that I can do if if you um um like let's say you 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 find yourself on a tour or on like a gig where there's a lot of things maybe not going so well right it happens like it does happen exactly (laughs) um but you have the people on board that um pull you out of it then like that's great you know there's one one tour that i did and was was danny hector on guitar nick diori on bass um and um, Emily Dickinson on keys. I sh- should not forget her, actually. And it was a lot like the, the artist writer? that we played with. Huh? Isn't that a famous writer, Emily Dickinson? Or am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> and so we, um, that was, it was all, was all fun, basically. Um, yeah. But it was a lot going weird on that, that tour, uh, that, that, that artist that hired us. And man, were we glad that we were just there because it didn't matter. We were still psyched to play with each other every night. Uh, the sound checks still were always fun because we were playing, you know? Um, right. So, um, yeah, in that moment, like, you don't care how well someone plays or not. It, it's that it's the rest that matters. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. This was so much fun. That was so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, dude. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed. I hope we hope we can do it again. Yeah. I, I feel like there's so many more stories. I mean, we barely talked about China. <laughs> <laughs> right. And originally I I feel like you were like, Yeah, like 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 China, like that's what we should talk about. And like we just kinda like you know. I mean I, yeah, I wanted to let it go where it, just like a song, you let it go where it wants to go, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were, ba- I mean, just to put a button on it, we were, uh, we were in China, uh, at the end of 2019, mm-hmm. which if you haven't done the math by now, the, probably Corona was, was present. <laughs> was and, present. Uh, and also like, it's probably uh, because, why. Yeah. It was, you know, was the, <laughs> it, w- it was supposed to be a longer tour. You know, we, you know, we had the headline out, we had the contract signed everything for a long tour and two got, months. Exactly. It got cut short a lot. And, um, for to me at that time, really weird reasons. Oh Yeah. It we're didn't like, make any sense. Didn't make any sense. I mean, I was kind of like, well, okay, it's China. Like, I guess they do things differently, but it didn't make any sense. And then I remember you and I were like talking sometime last year and we we're like, you know, that like they knew. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Like that was, it was because of Corona probably. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know? And it's like, oh, wow, damn. We, we ditched that. We flew yeah, over I, Wuhan, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we probably, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, we were next to the lab. We played a show in the lab. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <clears throat> but no, it was the funny thing is I didn't even it hadn't even occurred to me until yeah. my I was talking to my mom mm-hmm. and she was like, and it was pretty early on in the pandemic. But she was like, "Don't you think that's why your tour got, tour got canceled?" And I was just like, "Oh, oh. shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah." Now I think that, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
It was so, kind of kind of crazy to think about that. Like, yeah, when we were played, that was like three, four thousand people. I feel, I think, right? Oh, Maybe. the the show we played. Yeah, and the well, they capped it at. I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was two thousand. Okay, okay. They cap. We were originally supposed to play theaters, which was going to be crazy, like eight to ten thousand mm-hmm, seat exactly, theaters. Yeah, and then they put a cap at two, mm-hmm. so we played one show. And then we were like just waiting for a day, like, uh, what's happening? And then they're like, be in the lobby at 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something like that. You're flying home. And I just, my heart sank. Cause I, I, I mean, we was, were, and yeah. we were in China for four days and I was still jet lag. I mean, I'm sure you were too. And I was like, are you serious? We got to fly <laughs> another yeah, 24 like, hours. Yeah. Like, it was nuts. Yeah, it was. So weird. <clears throat> it was a whirlwind. But I will say, I mean, just to give props to to Giovanni, who we were playing with, uh, who's this amazing uh, virtuoso pianist composer. Um, I mean, we we had signed a contract and everything. I mean, we got we got paid for the full ten shows we were initially supposed to play. Going back to and, you know, doing business right. Yeah. Contracts. Yeah. Contracts. And. Yeah, totally. I mean, everything. Like, really, got to got to hand it to them for and and the promotional uh, promoter that they were working with for for living up to that. And uh, again, like, I got that gig from Jonas, like from who I knew, and Jonas got that gig from someone he met at a gig, Edgar Sandoval, yeah. who was. Uh, <laughs> and again, um, maybe I should like say that too. That was like another like. Uh, some yeah, kind of like like m- symphonic metal kind of thing, yeah. You know, and where like everything was really odd. You know, like not like you know they had like a weird vocal. Like I don't know, it was it was a really odd gig, and I thought I was just subbing. I was just like jumping in, not um not um, you know, it wasn't like my gig or that I was auditioning. I was just like subbing in, and it all went well. It was all right. You know, right. and then, um, and Edgar and I didn't even connect that much there, you know, and Edgar, he's a super pro, right? Like, yeah, I was even like, like, he probably doesn't even like care right now, like, you know, <laughs> who I am or whatever. And then probably like a year later, I ran into him backstage at the whiskey because I was playing a show and he, I think had played with the opening band or something like that right so like you know we're just like backstage and he's telling me about this thing he just came back from china and all that i'm like whoa cool brad he was like yeah actually like i meant to suggest you for that gig and i'm like okay cool and then didn't hear anything again for six months later and then he hit me up again and they had a bass player and like i think he jumped ship and i was like well evan i think is is the guy for that and then another year later we were in china you know, so that's that's you <laughs> know, like Saul was playing this <clears throat> symphonic metal thing, and it was I don't know whatever, but that led to me being in China two and a half years later. Well, and there's there's the point right there is like yeah. you just never know. You're at some random gig. You always, ever since I went to music school, I felt like everything I should look at everything as it's an audition, like every every I in mean, a healthy way. In, in a healthy health, well, way. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, but just like in the sense that I want, if anybody's hearing me play, 
whether it's for the first time or, or for the hundredth time, I want, if they hear me play, I want them to think this guy, you know, can, can handle it if I give him a gig, if I, or, or, or whatever, you know, attitude wise, playing wise, all that. Um, and, and just like you said, you're at some random gig. And I think I remember you telling me you didn't even think you, that it went that well or something. Yeah. Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Not, not necessarily from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from like my side that I like, you know, messed up or whatever, but I am. Um, yeah. Once in a while you encounter odd people. I mean, maybe <laughs> like, or people that just work very different from the way you think things should work, you know? Right. And yeah. so, you know, and sometimes you are the one who have to adjust and you just, you know, and sometimes you're also just like, yeah, okay, this is just, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. I mean, again, thank you for <laughs> the recommendation on that gig. That was... <laughs> I mean, such a crazy experience. Uh, I hope we can go back sometime. I mean, who knows if it's in the cards? We'll, yeah, we'll see. cross the bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was such a crazy whirlwind. Yeah, <laughs> but for dude, sure. thank you so much. Uh, thank you, man. It's awesome, awesome to see your face through Zoom <laughs> for the first time in a while. And yeah, awesome. uh, you know, it's just so fun. Um, let's do it again sometime. Definitely. Awesome, man. Cool. Take care. Take care.